0: one we're back with Dave what's happening medic
1: uh I've got a little bit of reverb on my end of the uh of the stream is that oh, oh oh hold
0: on wait I gotta I gotta cut the back so I had to put on the mic so you could hear me talking in the green room back there there we go now we should be good
1: all right we're good, we're good
0: now yeah yeah we're good there's a lot of production work that goes on behind the scenes just to bring you in, man. Uh, you know,
1: that is why I'm glad I get to be on your show and you get to do all the production work, and I can just <laughs> sit back and talk.
0: <laughs> Praying medic is now being played by Michael Waiting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so Greg, yeah, how you feeling this morning? <laughs> I'm feeling better
0: now. I got some things off my chest. I'll tell you that, man.
1: You were on fire this morning doing a little bit of uh, activism. I-, I was really encouraged by it. At first, I was a little bit, um, I wouldn't say frightened or terrified. I was a little uh, concerned. And then I listened to your whole story. I was like, oh, oh I see what's going. I see where you're going with this. It's not just about T-Mobile and, you know, some dimwit uh, customer service rep. Mm-hmm. It's, you have a bigger agenda. Mobilizing the troops. Yep. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate that people who are coming in late aren't gonna know what the heck we're talking about. Yeah, I would <laughs> encourage you
0: to go catch my replay this morning. The d Yeah, the <laughs>
1: uh, basic summary is, Um, Greg is challenging people to stand up to the Nazis who are trying to control us. A few thousand people in Washington, DC and some bureaucracies and uh, some state governments and, and local governments and a few companies who are trying to exert and flex their muscle on us and get us all to wear masks forever, get us to lock ourselves in our houses forever. Trying to muscle us off of social media so we can't talk to each other. Uh, and Greg has basically been encouraging people for the last hour to stand up to the tyrants because what? Well, there's a couple hundred million of us in the in the, in America, in the U.S. More than that, allegedly. Around the world, what? More than that, allegedly. Yeah, and you know, what are a few thousand uh, tyrants? Against a few hundred million patriots who are sick and fed up with being pushed around, uh, having our businesses destroyed, having our lives changed, being lied to and being manipulated. Like, Mm -hmm. why don't we stand up and tell these people we've had enough? Why don't we tell them we're not going to take it anymore? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. little summary of what Greg has been talking about for the last hour. And you brought up a really good point. You brought up actually a lot of good points. Um, You know, it's unfortunate that this meme has gone out there on the internet about Q's operation. Uh, And this is mostly being used by opponents, and enemies of Q, who like to taunt us and say, oh yeah, trust the plan, how's the plan going? How are those patriots in control? How's that working for you? Well, as you pointed out, Uh, The operation has always been about equipping us, equipping the population with information so that we, the people, can take our country back. It's never really been about uh, expecting a small group of people to wrestle back control of our country from a bunch of uh, dictators and tyrants. It's always been about informing, educating and motivating uh, 100 or 200 million people, Mm -hmm. giving them information and encouraging them to take back their country. Uh, The the founders of our country risked their lives to establish a nation where people could live in freedom, where they could have uh, free speech, where they had rights, where they weren't taxed without representation they risk their businesses they risk their lives to establish this country and to tell the British monarchy hey screw you we're not paying your taxes we're not gonna let you control us anymore mm-hmm. and we we in this country have become kind of fat and lazy and we were expecting other nice people day. to do heavy lifting and as you so eloquently and so profanely at times, uh, pointed out this morning, <laughs> it's that's actually our job. We are the ones who are responsible for taking our country back. If yeah, our country yeah. falls into darkness, and if we fall into slavery, we have no one to blame but ourselves.
0: So true. It's so true. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I get a little passionate, man, and,
0: you know, I like to sprinkle some, some little F-bomb flavor over the top of some stuff sometimes, you know.
1: <laughs> well uh but you I'm know it's like to it's save. like you
0: gotta you gotta like uh, you, it's like coddling people and like you know like oh you know hey sunshine you know it would be really nice of me you know maybe you could grab a friend and, and go shopping together somewhere yeah it's not well, like you know sometimes you gotta be like yeah you, you know you gotta come in with a verbal elbow like uh, get out there get up
1: you're woke yes. up now get out of bed Uh, I find there are times when using strong language is appropriate and yes, it does offend people, but, uh, you know, some people need to be offended. Uh, Jesus comforted the afflicted and afflicted the comfortable. And I think there's a whole lot of people who are too comfortable and they need to be offended and afflicted right now. They need to be motivated to get off their asses and do their part to take this country back. Uh, it's not going to happen unless we do it (laughs) yeah yeah it's up to us i mean i i still believe at some point that the military is going to step in and do something and it's not like i have some hopium or some wishful thinking about that that's just what god has shown me and it's kind of funny because on my website there's all these people that are uh trolling me and arguing with me saying that that i'm advocating uh military a military coup and then I'm crazy and stupid because I want the military to take over. That's that's not actually true. I talk about the military stepping in because that is what God has shown me. Uh, it, it's not me saying, I, I want this to happen. I, I'm just telling people, look, this is what God showed me. This is what he says is going to happen. If you don't like that, you don't agree with it. Well, that's your problem. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, it's a double-edged sword. And the other end of the equation is that we need to stand up to these tyrants who are locking us down and destroying our businesses and taxing us into oblivion and taking our money and putting it in their pockets. Mm. And we need to tell people, oh, we're sick, we're fed up, and we're not taking your BS anymore.
0: And now they're poisoning our citizens too with with this vaccine.
1: Right, right. The... uh, I, I don't doubt that there's we're a plan. the Kool-Aid drinkers. Yeah. I don't doubt that there's a plan in place to gradually or suddenly depopulate the planet. Uh, it's been pretty obvious for a long time that they have a, a strategic long-term plan to depo- depopulate the planet, which is why they allowed Iran, North Korea to develop covert nuclear weapons programs because they wanted to... Get us into a nuclear war, and uh, erase you know half the planet's population, because their ultimate goal is controlling the entire planet. It's a lot easier to do that if there's fewer people. Yeah. And you know that that plan has been exposed, and they're trying to put that thing back on fast track. Interesting that Iran, after they spooled up uh, some more. Centrifuges at their Natanz, uh nuclear facility that uh, Mossad went in and shut it down. <laughs> I, I found that slightly ironic, but you know that's that's part of their plan. They're going. They're putting their plan, the 16-year plan to destroy America, is, is it's back on track. And you know, for them, it's it's sad because their plan has already been exposed. We already know what they're trying to do. They're trying to start war. Uh, Joe Biden apparently met with uh, senior cabinet officials last night at the White House and they talked about the prospects of war with Russia over Ukraine and war with China over the South China Sea and Taiwan. Joe Biden has not yet been in office for three months and (laughs) we're already facing the prospects of war with China and Russia. You couldn't have written the script uh, any more clearly. It's it's obvious what they're trying to do. Uh, they, wanna, mm-hmm. they want to they want to reengage this plan to destroy the country, to depopulate the planet, to, um, to to take control of everything. And six years ago, I would have been terrified, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be talking like this. I would be I would be very very afraid for our future, looking at the prospects of war with Russia, war with China, uh, all this Russian nuclear war, but I've learned a lot in the last five years. I've I've learned about their plan and I've learned about the capabilities of the people who oppose them. I've learned about Project Looking Glass and (laughs) I've learned about, you know, God has shown me a a lot of positive things that are coming in the future. So even though they have these plans to further enslave the world, um, I have a lot of confidence that their plans are not going to come to pass. Partly because I think there's good people in positions of power who are going to work to prevent that. Partly because I know there are patriotic people around around the world in the United States we're not going to take this. We're not going to allow it to happen. At some point, we're going to stand up collectively and remove those people from office. It's going to happen. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I think we need to collectively stand up and start taking back what we can.
1: And that's what you're doing this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I think it's just amazing. Like, uh, you know, I like, I know it was just a little T-Mobile store this morning, but I mean, like, I mean, what a powerful example, just like individual voices coming together to drive them insane this morning. You know, now imagine if we went out to the store, if we went to the mall, we went about our life and just like, uh, now, we're not taking this anymore. We're not afraid of you anymore. We we know what you're up to and you're not going to get away with it.
1: Well, I love what is happening in the, uh, in the restaurants and businesses where. The Gestapo are coming in and trying to enforce their mask orders from, from the health department, and, and they're getting shouted out of the stores.
0: Yes! Mm. There's nothing they can do. But people have bought the fear for so long,
1: and it's like, oh, I don't, I don't, oh, uh, you know, oh uh,
0: boy, ah. Uh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All you have to do is look at these videos where they're getting shouted down and people are pushing back. That should motivate everyone to want to get involved and to realize you don't have to take this and you don't have to be
0: violent about it either.
1: No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But have we ever been about violence, Dave? We have never been about violence. Uh, It's not about violence. It is about using our voices, our voices we don't have to be violent. Uh, they have to use violence against us. In Edmonton, uh, that church that got shut down, they put a fence around the church. Yesterday during the church service, uh, the parishioners tore down the fence and the Gestapo in Edmonton sent 200 uh, riot police to try to enforce this, uh, this, this no- you're not gonna have your church service anymore. It's people are fighting back. Yeah. And um, it's 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 not about violence. Like like the, the, the people who wanna to go to church weren't fighting with the police. They simply yeah. tore down the fence and said, we're not going to accept this. And yeah. the police showed up with a show of force and they had their say, but next weekend it'll be, you know, something else. You know, one of the things that is happening and it's a subtle thing, They are um, the power brokers, the the puppet masters. They know that our strength is in our voice. Mm -hmm. It's not in violent action. It's in our voice. It's in our ability to communicate with each other. Right? One of the reasons why they shut us all down on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube was our voice collectively, our voices we're making a huge difference in controlling the public narrative Mm -hmm. as we were speaking, doing our broadcast, reaching other reaching millions of people. I mean, my YouTube channel alone over the last three years had 40 million views before they shut it down. The power of our message of our voice going out to millions of people is changing the culture. It's giving people hope and it's exposing their agenda. They shut us down because they want to shut down our voice. One of the, subtle agendas with the lockdowns is keeping us from meeting each other. We can't go house to house. We're not supposed to go to our friend's house or our relative's house. We're not supposed to gather together. We yeah. Can't miraculous
0: go spikes to... of right. fear at the holidays.
1: Exactly. The churches, the, the places where people normally meet and, and convene and have conferences and conventions and brainstorm, share their ideas oh no we're not going to do any more of that that's dangerous we have this you might catch the flu and get a sniffle so we're going to shut all that down their agenda of shutting down our meeting face to face is a secondary agenda there is to keep us from meeting gathering brainstorming strategizing and having our voices come together so we can push back against them they want to silo us into our homes So they silence us on social media, they lock us in our homes, and they keep us from communicating with each other so our message doesn't get out, because Mm -hmm. our strength is in our collective ability to share ideas, and they know that.
0: I'm here movement in the other room. I'm fully expecting a police officer to walk through the house any minute. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay, man. That's okay. I'll go to i'm fully expecting it man you know it's like a, you know i've been to jail before no big deal i mean what are they gonna hold me on you know like oh you had people call and complain okay. yeah i mean just like what dave's saying though they're afraid of our voice that's why they're shutting us down trying to lock us away it's not because we're doing bad it's because we're really fucking good at what we do
1: yep we are we're very effective uh collectively we're we're we are so effective <laughs> we're making them crap their pants. And they're taking yeah. all these extreme measures to try to shove us back into our foxholes and shut us down and, you know, people yeah, like you like keep, keep banging the drum. Yeah, I know. I, I still am not quite sure how this whole foxhole thing works. But no, we're, we're, we're really effective. Uh, and people like you are out there banging the drum, uh, leading people to push back against this narrative and against the corruptocrats, <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. it's it's the snowball is rolling. So I'm I'm very encouraged by it, by what I see going on. And your message this morning was a little surprising, but uh, I'm I'm glad you were on fire. And, you know, hey, you know, light yourself on fire and let the world watch you burn.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and heard me like that probably in a while. Remember when I first started pushing back? I mean, that was like a couple years ago, man. <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah, it's been a while since I heard you push back like that. I was like, "What the heck did he have for breakfast this morning?" <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, those of you guys that are late coming in over the weekend. Uh, just small story short, I tried to get new phone hooked up, and the T-Mobile guy, you know, after I stood outside like a leper for three hours, you know, because I wouldn't wear a mask inside. You know, I walked in the store without a mask, and this guy basically said. That he was going to take my picture off security camera and send it around to all the stores so nobody would help me ever so yeah it got me a little a little twinged and then uh you know we had a little calling campaign this morning
1: and effectively shut down Not,
0: t-mobile for a little bit
1: a non-violent calling campaign yeah this
0: morning. i i've never been for violence yeah. listen i when i was running with the devil man back in the day i was all about violence i'm I'm an ordained freaking pastor. I drop some F-bombs and do some stuff, but I am not about violence, 100%. Zero violence will come from me. I will ne- you'll never you can go back. Well, you can't find my broadcasts anymore cuz I took them all. But you will never find a single broadcast of me telling anybody to go burn anything, go kick somebody's ass or anything. I'm all about standing up and just taking back your God-given rights.
1: Amen, brother. We don't we don't need violence. We don't, and I've been telling people for
0: years, man, the way we fight is so much more worse than anything they got.
1: And, and a part of our, our, our warfare is uh, prayer and intercession and mm-hmm. worship, yep. highly effective in taking down the strongholds of the enemy.
0: Look at all the songs they take down from California. I mean, one of them was the Battle Hymn of the Republic for inciting violence. <laughs> song written in the 1800s, you know? But I mean, look at all, I mean, I've always said for a long time, Miguel Fornia's is like the soundtrack, you know, to the movement kind of, you know, because he chronicles things, and his videos yep. and his music are very thoughtful to the things that go on. I mean, how many songs, Miguel Fornia, have you had removed? You know, to the point where you were just like, yeah, I give up YouTube, you know, whatever. I'll I go somewhere else. You know, I mean, like, it's people like that, musicians, it's, you know, regular people that are just coming together doing it. I don't, I'm a freaking introvert, I'm a graphics guy and a web designer. You think I really wanna be the one out here telling people to go out and do this stuff? No, but God said to do this, so, (laughs) that's what I'm freaking doing, man. I'm walking it out in fear and trembling myself, man, but you know, what am I gonna do? Sit across the table from Jesus one day and be like, oh, I was afraid.
1: I'm glad you're being obedient. We need more people to be obedient to the to the call of God and to the work that needs to be done right now in this country. Uh, I think there's there's just a few two people who are willing to sit back and expect someone else to be the one who uh, pushes back against the the agenda of the globalists mm-hmm. and it, it, it needs to be an effort that we all are involved in. We all need to put our shoulder to the wheel and make this happen. Every single one of us needs to engage, be involved, uh, you know, be loud, not be violent, but be loud and make your voice heard. And, you know, I just not accept their, their tyranny. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're ramming this thing down our throats at light speed and if we refuse to accept it, it's not going to, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I love it. I'm still seeing people, you know, uh, we, the people, we, the people, I love it. I love it. If I get, if I could have inspired that this morning for my little, my little Twinkie <laughs> mask rant, then I'm, I'm glad I did my job for the day. My God, yep. pleased
1: with me. You know? And there's, uh, there's some things to be optimistic about too. Uh, I've been kind of keeping up on the news over the weekend. Uh, today, I believe there's going to be, I think, a significant ruling on a case in Michigan, in Antrim County, Michigan. Oh, nice. You know, a lot of people think that the election is over. Well, this election is not over. This uh, attorney uh, named Matt DiPerna filed a, law, a, a suit in. Antrim County, Michigan. Back in December, I believe, I posted his original filing. Uh, it's it's on Gab. It's also on CloudHub. You can find the court filing there. He he has accumulated a lot of evidence of um, basically what looks like election fraud, and it and it's across it involves six counties in Michigan, including Wayne County, which is the largest county in Michigan. DeParna did an interview. I think on Friday, I posted that fascinating interview. It's about an hour and a half long, but he walks uh, people through the the evidence that he gathered. And a lot of it has to do with this guy, this scientist, his last name is Frank. He was interviewed by Mike Lindell in that interview called scientific proof. I think it is, this guy is a scientist and he he goes through um, the data from these counties and, and states all over the country. So they looked at Texas and Tennessee and Georgia, Michigan, Ohio. They found a very interesting, um, anomaly in all of the voting, uh, results. So what they did was they took, um, the data from the voter registration rolls that they have access to and they, they did kind of a bell-shaped curve where you have um, the ages of voters, starts out at, you know, like I said, a typical bell-shaped curve. Um, on the extremes, you have fewer people on the ends and you have a lot more people in the middle as far as voters grouped by age. Then they took um, voting results and they superimposed them and they, they found a pattern that reoccurs across every state. It all it always follows in every county in all of these states. It follows an exact algorithm. Mm-hmm. So you have this curve, and then on the downslope of the curve, you have these notches on the downslope, and the notches appear where the uh, number of voters exceeds the number of registered voters. So you have 110% voter turnout, 115%, 120% voter turnout, 103%. You have more voters voting than you have registered voters. And that's where these notches, where there's there's a spike in the number of voters and it's downslope, you can see it. And the funny thing is, if you take any, any state, Ohio or Michigan, and you look at the voting data from voter turnout, all of them have these spikes on the downslope and they all correlate to about a 0.997 correlation, which is almost perfect. Mm -hmm. When they started looking at this data, the only way that you could reasonably explain how voter turnout could could be that way is that they're using an algorithm that actually creates an artificial um, voter turnout. Yeah. That they, had, that they had predetermined. And so De Perna goes on and explains how, the, how he thinks they did this. What they do is they take the voter rolls and they have all of the registered voters in the state by age, and they know that typically younger voters tend to vote more liberal, older voters tend to vote more conservative. The, the significant part of this was that in these counties in Michigan, There were 66,000 ballots that they found that were cast by people who are not registered voters. Mm -hmm. That's one of the artifacts that they found. If you look at all the counties in Michigan, outside of those nine counties, you would probably find 100,000, 150,000 ballots cast by people who are not registered voters, right? That's one of the things that he found in this this, uh, examination. The other thing he found was like I said, they have this artifact where you have 102, 105, 110% of uh, voter turnout at, at a certain era, uh, part on the graph. And um, I was listening to him explain this and to me, it's fascinating. What is basically suggesting is that they have taken the pool of voters and they have um, taken these fake ballots, they bring the ballots in, they cast the ballots for their candidates, and then they assign a voter to a ballot, a voter that they know has not yet voted. Hmm. So they have have an algorithm that checks who has voted in the state and who has not, and they have a bunch of ballots that are cast with no name on them. And they assign the ballot to the voter electronically. And that, and they, that's how they came up with these spikes that favored Joe Biden. Drew Giuliani and Jenna Ellis did these hearings in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia. I listened to all these hearings and it was fascinating because in Michigan, they kept having these people testify about a white truck pulling up outside the back of this massive voting center. And all these ballots were being brought in from this white truck, three o'clock in the morning. And one person after another, after another, testified about all these ballots being brought in from this white truck. This guy DePernas, he kind of hinted that he has information about where the truck was that entire day, where it started, the stops that it made, who was driving the truck um he's obviously been talking to people who know a little bit about this and he he basically kind of said that they took all these ballots very similar to what that uh postal service truck driver said who drove ballots from New York to Pennsylvania a tractor trailer load of of completed ballots right so what we're finding out is they they complete these ballots they bring them into a voting center they're not assigned to a voter they look at the voter rolls they find out who has not voted yet they assign someone to a a ballot who has not yet voted they match them up and then they count that ballot for you know joe biden and the democrats and one of the reasons why there's this pushback in arizona about people going door to door to verify whether or not people actually voted is if, if, they go to, if they go through Maricopa County, or Wayne County, Michigan, or any other place, and they, let's say they, they interview uh, 50,000 voters, and find out that 15% of those people say that they didn't vote in the November election, even though they cast a ballot and it was counted in the election. If they find out a significant number of people who did not vote, but also cast a ballot in the election, that's evidence of election fraud, and I think that's what they're going to find out. When, when yeah. uh, I think Duperna's lawsuit against these these nine counties in Michigan is is going that's what it's going to uncover. It's going to uncover their uh, the fraud that they used to cast ballots for people who didn't actually vote. They created the ballots and they assigned a name to it. So they're they're not going to want that information to come out. And that's the thing that they're going to fight. They'll probably fight the ability of the investigators to go door to door or contact people and ask them, did you actually vote? Mm -hmm. Because when they find out that these people say they didn't vote or no person with that name was at this address, it's going to unravel their scheme. Uh, And and this whole thing is just snowballing. I mean, it's, it's in Michigan and Georgia. Um, they they changed the election laws and Trump came out and said, you know, uh, Brian Kemp signed a weak legislation. It should have been tougher. It should have been especially tougher on signature matching, but Saturday, you know, you're over the target because Saturday uh, about a hundred CEOs, uh, and members of the media and attorneys had a conference call and they're strategizing how they're going to oppose these changes in election laws. Now, why would a 100 CEOs of companies like Levi's and uh, baseball uh, franchises, uh, members of the media, and attorneys, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, why would they be strategizing how they're going to oppose these uh, changes in election laws?
0: What's the market going to be?
1: they know that if the election laws change they're they have a lot at stake in this and so they're pushing hard against all these election law changes and the investigations into election fraud yeah uh i think i think we're we're getting closer to the precipice we're not there yet but um it's interesting to see all
0: the yeah it's interesting to see all these corporations that are coming out against this election fraud like it, like it's, like like we've flushed out so many people, but now it's like it's like all these corporations are getting flushed out now too. It's like it's like, woo. you know, I, I love okay. it. I mean, it's a pain in the ass, man. I'm like, come on already, you know. But it's like, oh, I'm, and more and more every time you see it, it's like, oh, really? Oh, re- oh okay. Oh, yeah, you too. Yeah, all
1: right, <laughs> right, yeah. right. They, we're flushing them out. I mean, they were comfortable, cozy, sitting back in the weeds, not letting anyone know. What they had at stake, but now they're being flushed out, and they're all having to come forward and make some statement, uh, which just exposes the fact that their you know crony uh, capitalism model is being threatened. And I'm not against capitalism; I am against crony capitalism. Yeah, I- I'm against uh, slush funds, kickbacks, uh, bribery, and uh, you know the, the kind of corruption that goes on with. Uh, corporation large multinational corporations in washington dc i'm totally against it and it's being exposed yeah the people gotta see you know it's
0: a pain you know i think one of the best things ever was like when when i finally you know and i know you tried to get me to do this a long time ago man but when i finally got rid of the dates man and it's like you know i'm just as aggravated as the next guy but it's like I'm kind of enjoying seeing them wiggle and squirm a little bit on a daily, you know, you just it's unexpected it just depends on how you're looking at what's going on You know, you can look at it like nothing's being done or you can see You know cuz like like we go back to the point you made earlier too, you know, it's like Q was like a training uh, Time for us to, to be able to know the playbook to see behind the scenes to to recognize the thing that's going on so if you're using your Q vision You know, you can see this stuff happening on a daily basis and it should make you a little bit more comfy AF on the sidelines watching this stuff going instead of worrying about when the exact date is. Now we still got to stand up and do all that other stuff, but if you have your Q Vision on.
1: Yeah, Q is kind of a, uh, I wouldn't say an operating system, but I would say Q gave us uh, information and gave us tips on how to look at news and current events, very early on, Q said um, that we needed to learn to discern between relevant news and irrelevant news. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people do is they focus on irrelevant news. They they they're chasing down, you know, post numbers and and all kinds of irrelevant things, trying to make connections that there aren't actually any connections there. What QD has been doing is trying to help us give us tools that we can use to critically evaluate uh, the news cycles, the information that's coming out, what's happening in Washington, what's happening with corporate, uh, the corporate world, what's happening in the intelligence community, in the media, social media. Um, Q really wants to give us tools to sharpen our ability to discern what is important what is not important how do you how do we connect the dots how do we uh look at past patterns of behavior and predict future patterns based on what we've seen in the past you know it's and you're right we don't need dates we really don't i mean i know that after the election People were frustrated, fearful, angry. They wanted to have dates. Well, I'll feel better if I know that by March 6th, something's gonna happen. And, you know, I keep banging the drum. We don't need dates. We don't need people predicting dates and timelines and stuff. All we need to do is just sit back and watch what's happening and and evaluate that critically. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, put your thinking hat on, look at the past, look at what's happening now, observe patterns of behavior, and, you know, and, and, it, and it, you, it drops into a pattern and you can just predict sort of where this is all going. You don't need dates. You don't need, you know, exact predictions. Um, it, it helps that God gives us revelation about, you know, like you had the dreams about um, arrests. I've had dreams about arrests. I know the arrests are coming. I don't need to predict dates. Yeah. I yeah. believe the military is going to step in at some point. I don't need to know when and I don't care when. Doesn't matter to me uh, that's up to them. That's their thing. It's their purview. It's not mine. Mm -hmm. If the military is going to do something, they'll do it on their timeline. They'll use their red lines. They'll have their inciting incident that is going to make them do it. And I'm not going to worry about it, about when it's going to happen. Um, What I need to do right now is, uh, make my voice heard, influence a few people to get involved and take a stand and push back against uh, you know these corrupt people. That's what we all need to be doing.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, th- I think you know I'm 100% behind that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, so we should be getting, um, I think that, now I was on Twitter this morning, and I was looking at um, Rasmussen report and Rasmussen posted a tweet saying that a judge has made a ruling in this case with DePerna in Antrim County, Michigan. They linked to the filing from Perna from December. They didn't link to a ruling from a judge. So I don't think a judge has actually ruled yet. DePerna said on Friday that he believes the judge is going to rule today. Uh, and the significance of that is uh, DePerna has actually, <laughs> he's, he's sent out subpoenas to all, to uh, the Secretary of State in Michigan, a bunch of county election officials. He's been asking for data. All he wants is the raw data, the information, uh, so that he can continue his investigation of the election. And every single time he issues a subpoena, they ignore him. Uh, they don't give him the information. They won't give him the data. They, they. You know, they're blocking and stalling. So hopefully the judge is going to rule in DeParna's favor and order these people to comply with these subpoenas. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I think is going to happen today. Uh, things are moving forward in Arizona with, with the audit, the county board of supervisors here is, um, being a little recalcitrant and they're trying to stall and prevent, uh, the audit of the election, but I don't think they're going to be successful. Uh, You know, it's just there's resistance because because the good people who are doing the investigations are over the freaking target. So the deep state is pushing back with everything they've got and it's going to be frustrating. There's going to be resistance, but I think in the end, the truth will be known about the election and it's just it's we have to just sit back, drink our coffee and day by day, watch what's going on and yeah. not lose hope and not yeah. listen to the fear porn pushers and the doom porn addicts. Um, you know, like you said, uh, fear is the opposite of faith and faith mm-hmm. is a currency of heaven. Yeah. Um, everything we do, we do by faith. We do by faith in God, faith in his, uh, power, his ability, his plan and his goodness. He's good. He has a good future for us. Um, I think America has a very bright future. After we get through, you know, a couple months of darkness and frustration, I think things are going to be uh, incredibly different in the years to come. Way different from the years that we've seen in the past. Yeah. Um, the, the last three or four years has been about the exposure of darkness, uh, and darkness has fought the exposure tooth and nail. But once darkness is completely exposed, it's going to be removed. Amen. Amen.
0: It's the truth. We're fighting with the truth. I've always said it's more dangerous than anything they could come up with. It is. The
1: truth is a powerful weapon.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and what what will it do? The truth will what? Set you free. free. Oh yeah, I had to (laughs) sing it a little bit there. I'm not gonna stop doing what I'm doing, you know? And I I hope I encourage more people to stand up and push back against this, you know? It's the. you know, I like what you said, you know, sit back and and drink our coffee and watch the stuff go on, but we got we got such a responsibility and such a such an untapped power inside of each of us individually to stand up. You know, we pushed back on T Bomble this morning, man, shut him down. You know, 45 yeah. minutes on a, on some green-bearded knuckleheads broadcast. I hope it was a good a good uh, just like a glimpse to people of like how powerful their voices are, individual voices collectively speaking. And standing up and saying, this is wrong. We're not doing this anymore. I mean, the power is really with us. We, the people.
1: It is with us. And when I say sit back and drink our coffee and watch what happens, okay, obviously, um, that's a metaphor. Uh, It's a meme. When I say sit back and watch what happens, I, I mean that specifically in reference to what is happening with the investigations into the elections by these people who are doing the audits or we're, we're watching what they're doing uh, we are also at the same time not sitting on our derriers. we are getting out on social media we're going to uh meetings uh trying to get elected to school board or to supervisors uh, whatever local positions are open there's hundreds of thousands of, of positions open um on local at the local level that we can get elected to we can have a say have a voice and be part of the process and we absolutely need to do that Mm -hmm. i'm not advocating sitting back on your butt and doing nothing i know you Uh, i'm I'm very active as i sit back with my coffee (laughs) yes you are
0: and we love that though you know like each of us has like like we're all not the same. Like you're you're a writer. You're doing your thing now. I mean, God's opened up an opportunity for you to write some more and do that back there. Miguel Fornia, he's writing songs. Lisa Pernis, she's out here uh you know doing her thing. You know, interpreting dreams and telling us, you know, da- daddy loves you, you know. Like you got Andrea Joy out here bringing her bringing her powerful. You know, there's so many of it. Delis out there. Delis spitting fire right now. You, you know, he's it's all of us <laughs> hey. doing our thing, you know, collectively that's it's uh, going to make it happen.
1: Can I put out a prayer request for Julie Lavender? Yeah, of course. What's let's, going on with uh, Julie? Let's keep Julie Lavender in prayer. She went into the hospital yesterday. What? Um, it's, not, it's not a life-threatening thing. Um, she's got a little heart arrhythmia issue, and she's asking for prayer. So I would appreciate if people just pray for Julie um, and leave it at that.
0: Well, Lord, we just looked up Julie to you right now, Lord. We love Julie Lavender so much, Lord, and we just, uh, anything that would be coming against her, any kind of heart arrhythmia, anything, Lord, we're just asking for that heart to come back in alignment, total alignment with you, God. Uh, the spirit of fear, anything else that would be coming against her, it's null and void. We are canceling it out together right now in prayer, lifting it up to you, God. And uh, Lord, we just thank you so much for Julie and the warrior that she is, and no weapon formed against her is going to prosper. So Lord, we just ask you to protect her, wrap your arms around her, be that ultimate position in the room. And Lord, like send her back home today. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you. Thank you for
0: that. Yeah. I'll stop drop roll up into prayer for anybody anytime, man. You know. And <laughs> and Julie, like Julie's out here, you know, she's this sweet little lady, you know, she always says from Bakersfield, California, you know. But she's out here kicking fears ass on a daily basis, you know, so it's it's just the enemy it's just if you enemy. struggle with
1: fear julie's broadcast uh can help you yeah she has an awesome ministry helping people overcome fear and she broadcasts a couple of days a week on cloud hub uh she used to be on periscope i, I don't think she's on that anymore but her, her broadcasts are very encouraging mm-hmm
0: yeah very encouraging And she's so smooth about it, too. I mean, like, literally so smooth about it. She's a powerful... Smooth like jazz. She's powerful, though, you know? Yeah. All right, Dave, well, what do you got coming up this week? I know we got to get out of here. Uh,
1: I am plowing my way through the the dictionary for the dream book. Uh, I spent a lot of time over the weekend working on that, made a lot of progress. Uh, I think that this... Dream Dictionary is going to have probably over 5,000 scripture references by the time it's done. I'm not joking. We were just at like 700 a week ago. No, no, no. So listen, the the Dream Dictionary itself right now has about 700 terms. But with each term, I I put in um, some definitions and and, uh, possible interpretations for each term. And along with those, I put in scripture references to go with the definitions. Well, each term that I have with scripture references has like six or seven or 10 scripture references. So that dictionary is probably gonna have 5,000 scripture references um, in it, in addition to the, along with the probably 700 terms. That's amazing. Uh, It's a long, arduous process, uh, but I I just, I have to do this the right way. So I'm building this dream dictionary uh, of terms and I'm gonna try to just spend my time this week getting that thing done. It's not the most exciting, but I'm learning a lot. Oh my gosh, I, it's crazy what I'm learning. And I, I will just pass this along. If you want to know uh, what certain symbolic elements mean in dreams, go to the book of Job. The book of Job is a fascinating book because, and I'll be short with this, it, Job is a is a poetic book, and Job speaks metaphorically uh, through simile, metaphor, and, and through uh, uh, allegory about a lot of things that people see in their dreams. So, if you're looking for the interpretation of something in a dream, consider going just going you know Bible Gateway or whatever. Put a search in mm-hmm. for that word, and then in the in, in the side column, it'll show you all the books of the Bible that have mentions of that word. Find out what Job says about that word, wow. and you will probably get a pretty good idea of what that thing means symbolically in dreams. I'm fascinated by, by Job's commentary on a lot of different things. Uh, like I said, I, I'm learning a lot. I, I never knew that, but it's you know, I'm learning a lot, so it's, it's a good process. Just keep me in prayer, to have the endurance, and single-mindedness so I can finish this dream dictionary. <laughs>
0: now listen i people I, listen for every time i see Dillies on i'm going another 10 minutes with medic
1: okay I just, <laughs> share some
0: all right all right so listen so listen just because i don't remember my dreams a lot and because you've been like really encouraging me all right what i do remember from my dream this morning and it was like one of those ones where it was like right before i woke up or went after but i was talking to these pastors Right. These pastors that I knew at the, you know, the churches where they wouldn't play with me and they didn't want to hang out with me anymore. You know, <laughs> so but they were all like having like financial troubles, like they were all going bankrupt. And I was like pouring into them. I was like talking with them and I was like helping them and I was like getting helping to get them back up on their feet. Like, what what do you think about that? Because I like I woke up in, in like in the real like, you know, that was in my dream. But in the real, I was like thinking like. I wonder if I should check on them, man. I wonder if I should like send them a couple bucks or something.
1: Well, what is, what is one of the consequences of the church acquiescing to the lockdown orders?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, losing, uh, people money aren't coming into church people. and throwing money in the offering basket. The, yeah. And the pastors have done this to themselves by going along with the lockdown orders, instead of standing up and telling them, you can't tell us that we're not going to have church service this weekend. By going along with the lockdown orders, the a lot of pastors have destroyed their their church's uh, financial ability to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So someone like you who understands the dynamics and what it means when you acquiesce to the Nazis who are trying to control us, you could actually help these people, uh, these pastors, uh, gain some understanding of what they're going to lose if they if they continue doing this.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah interesting yeah that was very real you
0: know i was like i'm getting better at it because i'm like i'm like i'm 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 telling god at night when i'm going to sleep too you know my little good night prayers you know i'm telling them that you know like I'm, I'm i'm really understanding that my dreams are valuable you know speak to me my dreams you know let me write them down
1: just, i know i know <laughs> well, write now them I got
0: sidetracked in the morning, getting ready, and now I got methods, uh, you know, coffee and chill in the morning I'm hooked on, you know, trying to catch X-22 in the morning now, you know, so, you know, because, Miguel hey, McGalifornia's got me up late at night now. So,
1: You, you will remember your dreams uh, more consistently, and you'll understand them better if you write them down. It's It's a yeah. discipline. It's it's like, you know, disciplining yourself when, when it comes to eating certain things, changing your diet, changing your habits.
0: Learning to write down your
1: dreams is a discipline. You just have to start doing it and just decide you're going to do it every time.
0: Yeah, I woke up the other morning and I hammered out a, uh, a, a message to Lisa Perna. I don't know why I was on my heart to tell Lisa Perna, but I told her like I got it out in the morning and she came back and told me. So I'm very I'm very aware. I'm really trying To like tap into my dreams because my dreams are very vivid. It's just like I wake up and then I get going, and it's like, what was that?
1: Yeah. Well, before you get out of bed, before you do anything, write it down. Yeah.
0: But Dave, I love Medic Mondays. Now, listen, guys, we won't have Medic Monday next week. It'll be a travel day for me. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe we can do like another day of the week or we could just wait, you know god bless you dave thank you so much for doing this thank you for medic monday and thank you you know what dave thank you so, just for being an awesome mentor to me over these last couple of years you know i've really uh i'm not gonna cry i have really i've really learned a lot over over this time it's just kind of like hanging with you and and getting to know you and uh you know letting you speak into my life so i really appreciate that i don't i don't get to tell you thank you very often so thank you
1: uh well my pleasure and i've learned a lot from you too I love hanging out with you. I learned a lot from you and I appreciate the time you spent uh, pouring into me. So
0: thank you. Amen. That's what we do, man. Iron sharpens iron, right? You got it. All right, brother. God bless you. Uh, I'm going to go out on Don't Tread on Me. And uh, for those of you guys, you are now released to go see deli Thank you, friends, for calling and doing that today, though. That was awesome. And don't forget, go organize. Go talk to your friends, man. Get together. Go shopping. Come on. Live your life. Live your life. God intended you to live free. All right? All right? I love you guys. God bless. I'll see you tonight.